You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. Nice pass, Bronze. Nice look to Tynan, who's into the offensive zone left wing. Tynan to the middle. Score! Alex Turcott with his first goal of the season. And how about that, John? This is Alex Turcott, and you're listening to The Rain Check. Hey everyone, welcome in to episode one of a new season of the Rain Check podcast. Happy to be with you to talk some Ontario Rain hockey this season. Jared Schaffron and Josh Schaefer. We're also the broadcast team for the Rain, but Josh, this is uh, going to be fun. A little podcast and we get to delve deeper into some of the personalities of the team and, and the people around the team. Uh, looking forward to, to jumping off here. Yeah, it was a good start to the season, too. Exciting start to the season. The team's 4 0 and 1 through their first couple games. So, a good start to the season and a good start to the podcast is uh, we already uh, have a pretty, pretty big time guest for episode one. Yeah, we'll be joined uh, by Richard Seeley, the general manager of the Rain, in our first episode. I think we figured you got to start at the top, right? When you, uh, when you start up the new season. Uh, and, you know, I always want to say it and, and we'll continue to say it throughout the year, but. You know, if you have suggestions, if you if you're a listener or a fan of the team and you want to hear from somebody specific, let us know. Um, I think we want to try to have as much interaction as possible uh, with our fans and our listeners. So definitely feel free to reach out if, if you're looking for something specific. But, yeah, we figured we we got to start off with the general manager here from the top about what go the expectations are. Exactly. And and <laughs> who we need to hear from. But, yeah, you, you mentioned it, Josh, 4 and one uh outstanding start i don't think you could ask for anything better and i just go back to i keep going back to this conversation that i had before the season started with john robleski and as a coach i think he was excited to to see the home fans and see the crowd but he was also a little worried if the team didn't start off good it was gonna kind of be oh here we go again like what happened last year and there's no practice time at the beginning to fix things. So it, you're going into it a little bit blind, but the team made uh, the staff proud here at the beginning of the season. Yeah, you, you get five home games in a row. You get the five-game homestand, and you think, okay, great. So you get five games in a row. Then you're going to go on the road for a couple of weeks, and you've got, what, one home game in the next two, three weeks? Um, so that that's a challenge. And you know, you're kind of crossing off these season first each game. All right, so you have your first game of the season. Um, that includes your first homestand. You get your first rivalry game. Um, you get your first game in overtime. You get your first game where you have to pull the goaltender and make a comeback at the end. So you have all these firsts, and then you get your first road trip. So um, I still think it's a good thing. Get those first five games out of the way. And uh, for the rain, the positive for John Robleski and company is, hey, you didn't struggle at the beginning, just like you did last year. You have not lost an over in regulation through five games. So you're off to a hot start. Um, you build that confidence, you get a little bit of familiarity, not just um, getting some getting some games in, but getting some games in big buildings with a little bit of atmosphere. And um, I, I think that's important. And a lot of people don't realize, but you've heard this. We'll hear it a little bit later from from Rich Seeley. We've heard it from the players time and time again through these first couple of games. It's important to get into a building with a little bit of atmosphere, whether you're at home or on the road. If you got the fans in there and you're getting people into the game and you're playing back on a big stage that that means something to these players too. Um, so I think that's something that you'll hear from Rich Seeley a little bit later. Um, and it's definitely a good thing to not only have those first five games, but to also win four of the five and your one loss was going to shoot out. Yeah. The 90 or 900 winning percentage right now uh, for Ontario is tops in the Pacific division. 
right up there with anybody in the AHL as a league, but, you know, focusing on the Pacific, you're, you're in the top slot. Now the rain have played, uh, you know, five games is more than some of the other teams. So a couple of games in hand for everybody else to, to try to catch up, but it's a great start. Josh, who has stuck out over the first five games that maybe you're surprised or, or guys that, that have done well and you want to highlight here? Um, I, I think that the two that a lot of people would talk about, I think TJ Tynan's looked really good through four games. He was tied for the league lead in points. I think Matt Valalto through a couple of starts in net has looked really good. But two guys to me that have really stood out in a way that maybe I wasn't expecting them to. Um, number one, Braden Burke came over from the Coyotes organization, spent last year with the Tucson Roadrunners. He's come in and he scored three goals through the first five games of the season. Two of them were on the power play. Um, he has been the beneficiary of one very fortunate bounce where it was, um, what, game two of the season. Uh, somebody shot the puck into the zone. It took a funny bounce off of a st- funny bounce off a stanchion, bounced right in front of the net, and who was there but Braden Burke to shoot it into a virtually empty net. Either way, it's a goal. It was a power play goal. Um, it's a, it, it pads the stats a little bit for him, but he was in the right place at the right time, and that's kind of how he's been through these first couple games. He also had a goal where he was behind the net, tried to poke the puck in front. He poked it up in the air off the back of the goalie's mask and into the back of the net. He couldn't do it again if he tried, um, but he'll tell you that he probably tried to do that. But either way, I mean, he's been in the right places at the right time. Um, he's toward the top of the team in goals so far, three goals through five games, um, and he's kind of been implemented in a way to, I think, so far, um, add to what other players bring to the lineup. Um, and he's been put on a couple of lines with some of the top prospects in this organization and some of the top players on this rain team through the first few. Um, and he's contributed um, and he's been out there on the power play and the penalty kill. And uh, and he's done really well for himself. So I've been really impressed with Braden Burke, um, another player in a very similar way, which was something I was not expecting to say coming into this season is Samuel Fagimo. Um, Early on, you know, we talked with Jesse Cohen on All the King's Men and our first rain check podcast from and we gave a little bit of a season preview. And I said, I think Samuel Fagimo is going to be one of the top scorers on this team. Um, and we said that if his wrist shot could get any better in the offseason, it did. If he could get faster, he did. If he could get bigger and stronger, he did. Um, and he's been so impressive through development camp, through the rookie faceoff in the Kings versus Kings. He scored a flashy goal on Cal Peterson but it hasn't been that to start the season. What's impressed me is he's gotten to the dirty areas. He's got two goals through the first couple of games. Both of them have been in garbage time, quote unquote, the games kind of been put away at that point, but two games against San Diego and Samuel Fagimo has two goals because at the end of the game, he got in front of the net, screened the goalie and on the rebound, he put it in the back of the net. Um, and that's something we didn't necessarily see from him last year. It was not something I was expecting him to do to start this season. I figured on the power play, Samuel Fagimo is going to be in a shooting position. Nope. He's been in front of the net and he's cleaned up some rebounds and put them in the back of the net. And I think that's something that's impressive because maybe he's not standing out in a flashy way, but he's doing what he needs to do to put the puck in the net. And I think that that's always a positive. For me up front, Tyler Madden has been outstanding and he only has one goal to show for it, but he could have five or more. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's a huge thing when, when you're, when you're four Oh and one and you have forwards that haven't, they're not, they're not over extending their, you know, they're, these guys haven't even reached the potential that we expect for some of them. Uh, Madden being one of them as at least on the score sheet, 
He's only got three points. And I say only three points in five games, but he could have had a lot more. And, you know, I think it's a huge factor. The last two games, Austin Wagner's gotten more comfortable. I mean, he's a guy who can take over the league with his skill set. You know, he is extremely hard to defend. And they've placed him on a line with Madden and Turcotte. And it's just Turcotte and Wagner starting to have some chemistry, which is which is awesome. You mentioned Burke. He's definitely a standout where you weren't really sure what you're going to get from. And now he's playing with TJ Tynan and Martin Furk. So that could be a powerhouse line if those guys continue. And the other thing I wanted to highlight is, is on the back end. You know, I thought Austin Strand was was the Reigns' best defender probably in that last game before he got called up. And I was unsure, okay, you know, he was eating a lot of minutes. What's going to happen when he isn't there? Who's stepping up? You've got two young guys in the lineup the last game in Spence and Granz. And for, you know, it was, it was impressive to see Granz take the next step in just his second game. He looks so much more comfortable, but Kale Clegg was, was the next guy up to replace that role that Strand had. And I thought he had maybe his best game or one of his best games in that last opportunity for him after Strand got called up. And, you know, again, score sheet doesn't always show everything. He didn't, he didn't have any points in that last game. The rain scored five goals, but he was a big factor and why they were dominating San Diego because he was shut down in his own zone. He facilitated offense getting him out of his own end. He helped on the power play. I thought he did everything that you could ask for. And, you know, if you're the Kings and, and you need someone else at any time, I'd say he's got to be the next man up to, to get a look. Yeah, well, the question was who has stood out so far, right? We've both said a couple different players, but something that we talked about um off the air, obviously we're calling the games, but something that we talked about off the air was it seems like through five games, it's somebody else each time, you know, and there have been multiple players, obviously that have looked good game by game by game, but the players that stand out to each of us, number one, two goals, game one, two goals, Martin Furk game two, who stands out. Maybe it's Braden Burke. The next game, maybe it's Kale Clegg on the back end. Then another game we said, Sean Dursky kind of took over things. It seems like each game, it's somebody else that is um, overwhelmingly impressive, um, especially on a game-by-game basis where, okay, maybe they were okay last game. This game, they took over. Um, and like you just said, it took a couple games, but now Austin Wagner has developed that chemistry with with Madden and Turcotte. And then a couple nights ago, not only does he use his speed to create a goal, catch the the defense um, kind of leaning back a little bit off balance and he crashes the net and scores, but he also has a huge shot block to deny a scoring chance as time expired. Uh, and it just seems like it's each game. It's who's going to step up tonight. And again, it's early. So we're going to pump the brakes a little bit because it's been five games, but through five games, like we said, get those wins under your belt early, get some games in before you go on the road for a couple weeks. It has been, it seems a new player, each game that has really stepped up. It's validated uh, my point during the preseason of preseason doesn't matter. <laughs> That's true. And the rain went 0-2 in the preseason. It's just another point of it doesn't matter. You just Everybody has a new way of getting themselves ready for the season. As long as you can produce when it counts, it doesn't matter. A couple stats for you here before we get into our conversation with Rich Seeley. Uh, Josh, so far this season, the rain have outscored their opponents in the first period. Six to one. They've only allowed one goal in the first period in, in five games. Uh, that's a huge 
reason why they are unbeaten in regulation. And you were talking about the depth on the scoring. There is 15 skaters on the team, 15 that have multiple points in the first five games. So two points or more, 15 different guys. And, you know, the other thing is, yeah, TJ Tynan, uh, he had three assists in one game, but he's got six assists on the year. He's a plus five rating, uh, which is tied for the team lead. So over a point a game. And he only has six shots on goal. He's not, he's not really shooting. He's just, he's just distributing. And I think what what you're going to see is he's going to become really open and he's not going to miss when he gets the shot. You know, I think opponents are going to say he's passing, he's passing. He's, you know, we got to guard, guard his passes. And when he gets an extra, extra room, he still has a really good shot. And we haven't even seen the best of, of DJ Tynan yet. Yeah, and we said that he was going to facilitate the offense, so I'm going to throw out one more prediction here. When he gets his first goal, it's going to be a nice one. (laughs) For sure. And to add on uh, to that real quick, I I think one more stat that is really important, and again, it's been five games, but through five games, this is the best start to a season for the Ontario Reign since their first year in the AHL in 2015-2016. That year, they were 5-0 and through through five games. This year, they're 4-0-1. And that 2015-16 team was 7-1-2, through the first 10 games of the season. So they started out really hot then. Of course, that's on the back of winning the Calder Cup um, in Manchester. Um, so this year, it's coming on the backs of uh, a season where they did not start very well. They were what what Alex Turcott said yesterday, 0-10 to start the year. I did my first game for the rain in March, and they were 1-10-2. And, and from the beginning of March to the end of the season, they were top eight in the league in point percentage um, after that point. So slow start then got hot this year. It's the hot start. Um, and it's the best start to a season, at least through five games that they've had in now six years. So, um, I think that there are positives to take from that. Um, you take it with a grain of salt because it has only been five games, all of which were at home. Um, but it definitely is, um, a, a, a huge positive for the Ontario rain through five games. Um, especially when you've struggled a little bit the last few years, now that you have a lineup composed of the young guys, some veteran guys, and a few guys in between to kind of create a good collective group. Well, someone else who's very excited about the start is the general manager of the Ontario Reign. We spoke with Richard Seeley. Here's that conversation. Back down into the near side corner with 13.30 to go. First period, one nothing Reign. It's in the back of the net. They score. Joining us this week, first episode of the Rain Check here for the 2021-22 season, the general manager of the Ontario Rain, Rich Seely. Rich, thanks so much for joining us and uh, being part of our first episode of the season here. Yeah, no problem, uh, Jared, Josh. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, you know, we've been excited for to get the year going, and it's been pretty cool that the first five games have all been at home. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll dive a little deeper into into the preparation, but you know, for the first five games, you guys 4-0 and 1, haven't lost in regulation. What are some of your initial reactions to to the way the team has started this season? Um, yeah, it's nice. You know, anytime can work as a double-edged sword when you have your first five at home. Uh, getting out of it 4 on one is where you want to be. It's great, but uh, we'll really get tested now. We head out on the road. Uh, matchups are different, uh, different than, than what we're able to have at home. Last change, different building environments. Uh, not playing in front of our, you know, fantastic fans. So it'll be a good challenge for our group. So uh, looking forward to seeing them continue to grow on the road. You guys spent all of last season playing out of El Segundo and no fans. And 
um, kind of a unique situation that you guys were in, as was most of the league. What does it mean to you now that you guys can get back into Toyota Arena in Ontario in front of the fans in a big building? Yeah, it's it's a game changer. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, it was, it was fantastic that we played last year and, and obviously in, in, in light of, of, of COVID and the circumstances, the availability of fans and the safety, uh, it was the best place for us to play was uh, Toyota Sports Performance. Uh, but to be able to play in front of our fans at Toyota Arena, um, yeah, it's good for these guys to experience that. I think we, we missed it last year. Uh, being in our building this year, you realize how much you miss that. And it's going to be even continued on, even going in uh, to other buildings throughout the Pacific Division. It's going to be fun to to be in that atmosphere. Uh, I think it's just uh, I think it just gets amplified a little bit uh, um, in the game. I think it's good for players to experience that. They're going to experience that at the next level. So uh, it's great to be back in front of our fans and playing at Toyota Arena. You've got a lot on your plate in a normal year, and, and now there's still protocols that we have to follow. There are still, uh, you know, road trips to prepare for now as opposed to last season where you guys went on the road, but maybe it was a little more localized. What's it been like? And, and you know, we've got it this week, the first trip going up to, to Canada, which prevents some other challenges. What's that been like preparing and, and getting ready for this season with some extra challenges there? Yeah, just a lot of communication, you know, looking ahead to, uh... I think really need to have some good protocols in place and processes to, to make sure you're tackling all the challenges that come into what organizational face and no different. You know, we head up to Abbotsford uh, this weekend, which is good, but you have to make sure players are COVID tested for the Canadian government requirements, have the Can-Am app downloaded and the test results and, and uh, a vaccination records uploaded It'll probably take a little bit longer at the airport. Um, but, you know, those are things we'll just roll with the punches. Hopefully shouldn't be too, too many surprises, but it, it keeps uh, myself and our staff uh, on our toes. That's for sure. Moving into this new season, obviously you have all these new challenges that you have to deal with, but now that you're back in your own building, everything's kind of going back to normal for the most part. Uh, and now that we've seen the team on the ice through five games, what are kind of your expectations for this upcoming season? Well, yeah, I think the expectations are always high going into the season for sure. Especially, you know, I like uh, I like our I like part of our group uh, for sure. Like, uh, there's a lot of different uh, pieces of it we like, and and still more we're uh, still yet to uncover a lot of it. You know, we'll get uh, we'll get tested a lot more here. Uh, being on the road, uh, going to be some new challenges there. Um, but I like I like some of the makeup, obviously. Uh, we've talked about our our younger group for a while. We saw glimpses of them last year, not quite a normal season. It's nice to see them be, you know, have some of that experience has been invaluable, albeit um, a lot of it in practice ranks in different environments. But that experience is still um, very valuable, but it's not they're, they're getting a lot of our guys are, are, are still almost rookies. You haven't played in an official road building, haven't gone through a full grind of an American League season. So um there's some still some things to go about, but I like our group or, you know, I think I would say if you're looking at our team on the ice, we're going to be probably, you know, every parts of our team will contribute to, to our success. Um, but I think it'll be primarily be driven a lot by our depth of our forward group. Um, I think there's a, a lot of guys there that, you know, can have different elements to their game uh, that, that, that can make us a difficult team to match up against. Um, there's guys with some good speed ability to make plays. There's guys that have ability to shoot the puck um, so it's a matter of us to find those right combinations and, uh, be tenacious and have whoever, you know, those 12 guys up front need to be going and, 
and driving our club. Uh, I like some of the skill we have in our back end too, their ability to move some pucks and, and break out of our zone. Um, you know, goaltending, uh, Matt Valalta has, has, has some experience. I think he's, he's going on his third year pro now, which is, which is, which is really good. He started off strong, which, uh, I think will benefit our group, but they're going to get tested more. Garrett Sparks is a guy that has some experience and kind of has a winning pedigree with, with having a, a Calder cup championship on him and has some experience with playing with different organizations. So a pretty good mix, but it's early. There's a, uh, there's not a lot of trophies given out uh, October 25th. You mentioned Sparks and, and that championship and the other major veteran that you brought in TJ Tynan, obviously everybody knows he was the MVP last season, but he was, he's been in the finals a few times in his career too. How, how important was those guys track record when you're, you're thinking about bringing in a, a veteran guy who's been around someone who's won and, and can show the, the room what it's like to have a winning experience. Yeah, I think uh, as an organization, whether it be in the NHL or the American League or wherever, you, you're looking for guys that have been in those pressure situations and had some success, whether it be in the, in the, in the CHL or in college hockey or in Memorial Cup. And um, yeah, I think it plays a little bit into it. It's nice for, for Garrett particular to have that experience of, of winning and what he's gone through with that particular group. Um, it'll inherently be different in the group that we're at now. And if we're able to get to that, uh, and his role that he would play and how that goes. But him being able to draw back on that experience, I think, is good. I think, you know, TJ, I, mean, I think first couple of times I watched him, I want to say he was in the conference finals with Chicago. Um, so, again, all those, the makeup of, of those players' past experience serves them well and hopefully will benefit our group as a whole. You guys, you had kind of said last year um, at the end of the season that, your organization benefited from having players like Kaliev and like Byfield play what is what was a shortened season, but for 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 what it's worth, we'll call it a full season in the American League when they likely were not supposed to be there last year, and that they benefited from that. Uh, now with Kaliev playing with the Kings, with Byfield having probably earned a spot on the Kings per Todd McClellan before his injury, uh, how do you feel about where some of those young players are at now after playing that full season in the AHL last year? Um, yeah, I think they still got a ways to go to reach their full capabilities, absolutely. But uh, a step in the right direction in light of uh, the circumstances and what could have been for their development, I think it was an absolute home run for us, especially with. Um, I would say the ability of Kaliev and Byfield that, you know, in a normal year, we, we our organization might be faced with a tough choice of having them be in, in the CHL or the NHL. And I don't know, um, maybe last year, looking back, that either one of those places would have been the best place for development. Uh, I think in, from my standpoint, the American League lined up at being the happy medium. And I thought we benefited from that, from those guys getting that time uh, not not quite the NHL, but just playing against men, a little bit of a grind, getting some of that experience, practicing against pro players as opposed to being in uh, the OHL or the NHL maybe, you know, I, I think they played fairly, fairly prominent roles within our team last year, significant amounts of ice time. Uh, I, I think that as opposed to kind of grinding away for potential ice time in the NHL, I think it served them well. I think they've got a, both got a long ways to go, but it's promising, um, you know, that they both have great skill set. I know the the work that uh, that Q puts in, and uh, he'll come back uh, bigger, better, and stronger. Uh, it'll take him some time, um, and it's nice to see Artie getting some reps in there, and hopefully he can continue to contribute up there. You also said uh, at the end of last season that you know 
while there were some challenges, you felt like the communication between the organizations was, was probably the most there's ever been. And you guys were on the same page as you were playing, playing in the, in this facility. Has that carried over? Has anything changed? Have you guys d- tried to go about anything differently this year after, after that experience last year? No, I think, uh, I think that's one of the unique uh, benefits that we have of having our American league of uh, LA Kings American league affiliate in the same practice facility. I think, the ability for Todd and his staff to when, when they're around to come out and watch our practices, have interaction with the American league coaching staff, you know, we're checking back in after a weekend and, and, and maybe Todd's checking in with, with our staff. Hey, what did you think of, of so-and-so or how was it? Um, it's a little bit more in the fire being in that coach's room. So I think that's beneficial for our NHL staff to have a feel from our American league staff. Hey, what, what they're feeling and thinking on players and small detail stuff. And, and obviously transactions happen frequently with injuries uh, so there's a, that communication flows vertically throughout our organization. I think it's, I do think it's a good thing. It's a, definitely a challenge. It's not, um, you know, there's a few more moving parts uh, when, when things happen, but I think uh, overall, I think it's beneficial. Kind of sticking with the communication aspect of things. Um, when you have all these young players that everyone, everyone continues to ask you about, everyone continues to ask Robo about um, when you have these young players that the time comes for them to at least get a couple of games um, with the Kings, maybe at the end of last season, um, at the start of this season with Kaliev and Kapari and, and Byfield have been up. Austin Strand just got called up the other day. What's the communication like from that point, and what's your involvement um, in that process? Oh, I think it's ongoing, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, there, there's a collective group within our organization that, uh, you know, we'd have needs of, of uh, obviously starts with the needs in L.A. based on injuries or roster spots available, and then, uh, skill sets of our players here, how they're playing, are they ready for it? Um, that's needs to be earned uh, for Austin Strand or for Arthur Kaliev or Rasmus Kapari. I'd like to think that um, having the ability of our NHL staff to be able to watch them uh, last year in our building a little bit, watch their games and, and the way they played that, that, that those opportunities that they're getting this year were earned last year a lot with their play and, and probably carried through into training camp, you know, start out for some of these guys in, in, in rookie camp, um, carried in through main camp. And so that's, that's earned. I think the communication is, yeah, typically it's, it's ongoing. Hey, how's a, how's a player doing? Is he ready? What, what is, what needs to be injected in the Kings lineup? What's a player been doing here? Um, we try to time that out as best, best we can. So, but uh, it's ongoing as a collective group and it might be, Hey, a guy's going really well there or somebody else is getting healthy we might have decisions to make and for the Kings roster might be coming up, you know, in a couple weeks time. So we've got, uh, that's where I would kind of refer to that communication is, is ongoing. What about when you have a situation where the other night, Austin strands, a first or second star of the game gets called up the next day. And then back in the preseason, Arthur Cali have played a game, got sent down, got called back up real quick. So what about those quick turnaround situations? Is it kind of similar? It's, it's kind of, that's what, that's what, that's what we prepare for. And that's what we prep our staff on and uh, why we have communication and go to kind of details. For instance, we're out in Ontario and a player needs to, is recalled. Uh, yeah. Cause there's, uh, there's the circumstances arise in LA. They need a player that, that our staff knows, Hey, he's got to get back to get back to LA, get his, you know, make sure he gets his stuff out of his hotel in Ontario, get a meal so he can, focus solely on contributing and, and being successful with the Kings. In this case, it was a unique one. It, it worked out fine. We got Austin back to LA and got his stuff and got organized his gear dried and him off to St. Louis uh, to get there in time for the game Saturday. So uh, that was good. I wanted to bring up 
you know, this is the second year for John Robleski and, you know, it's a lot of different circumstances surrounding, surrounding this season, but for the staff as a whole, as, as far as the coaching staff goes, really everybody's been here. How familiar are you guys with each other now? How much does it help that, that you guys have had a couple seasons where, where you're comfortable with each other uh, as far as a coaching staff? Yeah, I think, you know, I think, you know, John and his staff there, I think they have a, you know, a good, a good rapport, obviously being going through some things last year helps a lot. Uh, to pick up some of the things where they left off. And inherently this year, we'll have some unique circumstance or different circumstances of challenges that the coaching staff maybe hadn't faced last year. So, uh, but having a drawback on last year's experience, uh, just a better understanding of how everybody operates, I think will help. Uh, and then, you know, like, like you said, we have some, um, you know, I, 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 we'll have some things that will benefit us for sure. And there's some more challenges. We'll have a, a longer season, a bit more of a grind, uh, um, some travel to Ontario to navigate through, but uh, you know, all good stuff. I, I think each of them individually uh, bring a lot of, you know, have individual strengths and um, you know, hopefully that the, their individual strength can come together and, and, and have a, a coaching staff as a whole, the sum of all their parts be a very strong one, but try to tick most of the boxes of what we feel would help uh, benefit uh, our team in Ontario and the development of our, of our prospects. What's it like for you having been a coach yourself, uh, you know, in, in your role now, you know, looking at, like you said, different strengths of different individuals on the staff and um, now transition, the transition of, of you moving into this role and now having a few years under your belt, how you might've grown and, and what you see as a, as a former coach yourself. Yeah, I, I, um, I enjoy it. it. It's good. It's a good challenge. I think like, you know, hockey players generally background, you know, it's a very, it's a very competitive sport. It's a very competitive industry. I enjoy new challenges. It's, it's a, it was a little bit of a new challenge for me. I think um, as we talk about with players earlier with, with TJ Tynan or Garrett Sparks, having some past experience in American League playoffs, I think all of our individual past experiences make up really what we are today. Uh, I think I benefit, uh, it benefited me to have some, a little bit of a coaching background helps with a particular lens of having a conversation with Chris Hyde or John Robleski or Craig Johnson a little bit better of an understanding if I hadn't had that coaching background. So I think that benefits me, but I draw on different experiences too. My life experiences, my family upbringing, maybe some educational background, but I think it's been, I think it's been good to be able to, you know, get a little bit of their lens um, just on, you know, uh, how they, uh, how sometimes they see the game. It's important for me to be able to support our staff communicate that effectively to the, you know, the Kings management people on the King staff. And you can't have that without having honest conversations with your coaching staff. Hey, I need to know and understand what you're thinking about it. There's, you know, there's always a player that's, you know, maybe in the coach's doghouse from time to time. And there's players that, you know, the coaches are really loving. It's good to have those conversations to get a little bit of a feel for what that coaching staff is thinking and what's going through their head and how they're, how they're feeling and, and, and treating their players. It's important. I'm curious, do you view the way that a player develops differently as a coach versus in your current role? Uh, I don't know that I would say differently, no. Um, I, I think it's important to have uh, communication between coaching staff and management and what our perspective goals are with our team as a whole and, and individual players, what their strengths and weaknesses are, what areas they can improve what things we think they need to continue to improve upon to get to the next level. Um, because we've got to communicate that effectively because that's going to show up in individual video they're cutting for players and 
individual meetings we're having and team meetings of a of a cultural thing of how we want to play and what the expectations of of Todd McClellan and his staff are like make no mistake about it like John Robleski and his staff have to have an understanding of what Todd's looking and wanting for because we want these players to hop into Todd's systems and put on a Kings jersey and make that as seamless as possible. Now, there's always going to be some hair and challenges. The game's going to be quicker. The NHL guys are going to be a little bit stronger. Top end players are going to be good, but we we've got to we've got to be able to make that through. So, so we have those conversations and we try to make it as smooth as possible. Is there circumstances that that arise where it's not always as smooth, but our goal is that way? I don't think my view changes really. Um, you, you know, John might have a slightly different twist, or we might have conversations surrounding about what particular strengths a player has and 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 how they're gonna we think they're gonna be successful. Those conversations happen, but I mean, I I believe personally that, that there's a lot of experience gained for these guys developing in the American League. It's there, it's not a race. Um, there's valuable lessons they're learning. It's a hard league to play in, it's a grind, and I think it will only benefit our players. Um you know, some will need longer whether to develop in the American League, and and that might mean a course of two or three years in the American League, and and time in the gym. They just the body, you know, needs to physically develop as part of it. Um, other players are going to be a little bit farther ahead on the curve. The Kings' needs are going to change, so those conversations are ongoing. But I don't think the uh, to get back to that question, I don't I don't believe the actual development process changes. Or my view doesn't change whether I was whether you're a coach or a general manager, you know, something that you said in the, in your postseason um, kind of uh, evaluation and your availability at the end of the season, what you had said was Zach Dooley had asked you a question about Rasmus Kupari and Sean Dersey and how they developed in the off season. And, and part of your response was the, the off season and particularly the summer is when you get to see some of those young guys make those big developments, um, whether they're going into their first season or they've already played in their first season. I'm curious, um, from your standpoint, after this summer, kind of going into or having a traditional offseason, going into a more traditional season, who has stood out to you <clears throat> among those young players as as guys who made the biggest strides during the summer? First off, I know it's the first podcast here, Josh, but I like the homework you're putting into this. I like your, I like your details. <laughs> um, no, um, it's a good question. I think for me, uh, Aiden Dudas is a guy, I think, for me, last year, you could see the tenacity in his game and, and the will and the compete. And, um, you know, it was a good challenge for him. And I, I don't know that he was always able to impact the game the way he is is able to. Um, he's a smaller stature guy, but but energy levels high. I think this year he's just a little bit stronger, uh, maybe a half step quicker. Um, and it, his work is now you know, impacting the game a little bit greater than what it was last year. So I think that's a step in the right direction. I think that's going to continue to grow for Aiden. Aiden's a guy that uh, I, I think as he continues to push himself uh, during the season and the off season, that'll, that there's a lot of upside there that I think he'll get greater, but I noticed a little bit of a strength difference in him. Sean Dersey is one for me that continued to, to, to grow. I think he's a little bit stronger than what he had been in, in, in the past, which is good. And just a half step, kind of stronger and quicker. Um, Arthur Calia for me uh, was a little bit just um, same thing. Uh, he's an interesting player, can still shoot the puck, but I just thought he was a little bit stronger, a little bit quicker from, from A to B. Maybe it's a combination of being comfortable within the system and the reads that he's having, but uh, he looked a little bit stronger for me out of the gates in camp. 
uh, so did Quentin Byfield. You could see some of the raw talent in, in, in Quentin. And the exciting part for, for us is, I mean, he's not even, in my opinion, he's not even close to where his capabilities are. So it's going to be exciting to see him mature and grow and develop. And part of that comes with understanding and learning how to work and out and putting the time in the gym um, and having that time available and, and understand how to do it right. So I, I think he's made some strides, some strength wise that uh, it'll continue to benefit. And he's still got a ways to go in my opinion, like, but it's a, it's a step in the right direction. So those are a couple guys off the top of my head that I can think of that, that noticed they had uh, were, were pretty impactful jump wise. The last one, maybe I'd tail on is Samuel Fagamo too. I think just a, just a little bit stronger. I've noticed so far this year, a little bit along as his wall play, uh, fending off defenders, just a little bit more, just a little bit stronger. So it's good to see those guys and, and they'll need to continue to do that because I don't, you know, reach their full capabilities. It, you know, it's a process for these people and these guys, and it could take two or three years of, of, and plus of, of getting to uh, their maximum capability. So it's a nice start for a few of those guys. Well, Rich, we really appreciate all the time uh, that you've given us and we are really excited. Obviously the, the, the good start to the season uh, has the team in a good, in good position. You said there's a lot of challenges uh, upcoming, but we're looking forward to, to this year and, and the opportunity with this team. Yeah, no, it's it's good. Like I said, it's 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 nice to get off and, and be playing in front of our fans. I can't tell you how many of the guys, uh, you know, how that uh, the energy levels of the fans can impact the game, and uh, especially when you get into some sequences where it's three games and four nights, and you're getting some fans behind you and some exciting experiences. So I think that's great. Um, but as I said, it's a, it's it's a long it's 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 a longer grinding year. It's really early. It's nice to get off to a good start, but we'll be really tested here in the next little while. So it'll be. Uh, be interesting to see and, and hopeful that our players are up to that challenge. Thanks again to Rich. We really appreciate his time and insight. It's been great getting to know him and had seen him as a, as a coach back in Manchester uh, a few years ago. And, you know, it was great to hear, you know, some reflections as he transitions into, into this role, which isn't new anymore for him. I think he, now he's, he's pretty accustomed to it, but um, you know, Josh, it was awesome having this first episode with you. I'm really excited to get the show going want to remind everybody uh, to subscribe. If you haven't already, you can get the newest episode right when it drops. And, uh, you know, we're going to get as many of these to you as we can. The schedule coming up, the rain are, are in Abbotsford this weekend. Should be a lot of coverage uh, of those games. And, you know, Abbotsford, they got a 3 nothing win in their last game. They've got a 3-1-1 they've got a start to their season. So it should be a good test getting up to Canada this weekend. Wasn't sure what to expect from Abbotsford when they came in uh, to Toyota Arena this past week. Obviously, they relocated from Utica. They were the Utica Comets last year uh, with the Canucks organization. Now they're in British Columbia. Um, they were an okay team last year. A lot of positives, a few negatives. Wasn't sure what to expect this year, but two really close games uh, on Sunday and then on Tuesday against the Ontario Rain. Both games went to overtime. The Rain won an OT. The Canucks won in a shootout. So first trip for the rain going north of the border in three, four years now since they last went up to play the Manitoba Moose a few years ago. Um, and again, this is the first time after last weekend. Uh, this is the first season that a Kings affiliate has played a Canucks affiliate since the Calder Cup final back in 2015 when the Monarchs beat the Comets. So, um, you know, third and fourth meetings of the season between these two teams. Uh, and they've played a couple of good ones so far. Well, thanks for tuning in to the rain check. We will have more coming soon. Reminder to follow us on Twitter. I am at 
Shaf Rain. Josh is at Josh Schaefer 25. And we will talk to everyone very soon. Have a great day.